Friends, fans, and warriors, we are excited to let you know that Fearless Features movies are now available for rent or purchase on Salem Now. Our two completed titles, Inwood Drive and The Mind Polluters, are both available on demand. Salem Now is dedicated exclusively to conservative and faith-based content and can be found on mobile apps and streaming services such as Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire Stick, and select smart TVs. Click the link in the show notes to see each film or visit SalemNow.com in the recently added section to watch either Inwood Drive or The Mind Polluters. Be sure to share with your family and friends as this is another way you can help support Fearless Features and the creation of more films like these that are making an impact around the world. Hey everybody, welcome back to the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. You're listening to Fearless with Mark and Amber. I'm Amber Archer and joining me is my husband, Mark Archer. Oh, look at that. I've been impaled. We are a husband and wife filmmaking team and this podcast is a behind the scenes of our filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features, where we are creating documentary films about the tough issues impacting our culture and society from a biblical perspective. You're everyone's problem. You can learn more about us and the movies we're making by visiting fearlessfeatures.org. It's also a great place to make that one-time or monthly donation to help support the creation of more films, podcasts, and resources to help educate, motivate, and inspire others in their communities for Christ. So, today... Mm-hmm. Oh, we're continuing on in our series of the weaponization of CPS, but first there's some recent headlines and some progress reports that yes. we need to discuss as... Good news. Yeah, as we've been uh, saying for a while now, we're going to see the most violent generation in America because of the great deception of this trans movement. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that's not the good news. That's not the good news. No, by the far. The good news you just heard, that we are now officially on... Salem Now! Salem Now! Thank you very much. Finally, finally breaking through all of the censorship. To a larger platform. Yeah, not just one film, but two films. Yeah. So Salem very now. exciting. Yeah. We're excited. Yay. We're in good company. Too. I'm pretty excited to be up there with, uh, you know, Vodi, is it Vodi? Vodi Bacham. Vodi Bacham, yeah. Bacham. And, uh, Nesh D'Souza. Nesh D'Souza, yeah. There's some really big players. So Salem Media Group is is a really big uh company they they uh, uh they syndicate a lot of podcasts and mm-hmm. um uh, radio radio stations yeah. yeah and so they've started this uh, streaming network called Salem Now and uh yeah so you can just go on you know put it on your Roku or smart TV or whatever you can watch it online as well and um enjoy it from the comfort of your living room that's right you can rent or purchase Inwood Drive, The Mind Polluters, or the Spanish version of The Mind Polluters. Oh, yes. Los Contaminadores Mentales. Mm-hmm. They're all up there. So we're we're pretty excited to be up there. And uh, yeah, so anyway, back to back to our depressing stories for the <laughs> Well, I mean, they're not all depressing. There was some good news here out of Indiana that we've been watching with um, our governor just oh, yeah. just signed a bill. Um, restricting the puberty blockers and the surgeries for minors. So yeah. we were excited about that. It's um, our newly elected representative, Tyler Johnson. State Senator mm-hmm. Tyler Johnson. Who, incidentally, what movie did he play as part of his campaign? Uh, the Mind Polluters. Yeah. And won his election. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, first term. And here he is getting things done. So we are extremely proud of what's happening here in Indiana mm-hmm. with with um, Tyler's bill. 
Yeah. And others. And, and I got to give credit where credit is due. Our rhino governor, Eric Holcomb, actually signed the uh, transgender uh, bill that you're yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, we talked about that last week. Yeah, we yeah. weren't sure if he was going to well, sign it or not. <laughs> I was betting that he wouldn't, but he did actually sign it. There were a lot of people surprised. And, of course, the, uh, the ACLU promptly responded with um, um, that they're going to they, – they've already – filed a lawsuit. So. Yeah. That's a bunch of crap. So we got to just <laughs> keep an eye on that. I'm sure that it will get um, uh, some kind of uh, a stay put on it by some stupid federal judge. That's always what happens here. We've got uh, we'll very see. liberal judges in the federal side of things, but yeah. Moving forward and you continue to continue on in the battle. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, Let's start off with, um, so talking about the weaponization of CPS. So mm-hmm. this, this, this article hit Fox News um, just uh, last week. Um, a Christian mother suing the state of Oregon for denying adoption over her gender beliefs. Mm-hmm. So I have the audio here. Let's just listen to the audio and... Um, then we'll talk about it. Mother is suing the state, saying it rejected her application to adopt a pair of siblings under the age of nine because of her Christian belief that gender and sex are not a choice. Apparently, her faith goes against Oregon's adoption policy that says applicants must, quote, respect, accept, and support the sexual orientation, gender identity, and gender expression of any adopted children. Jessica Bates is the mother of five who filed the suit, and Christiana Kiefer is a senior counsel with Alliance Defending Freedom. Ladies, thank you for being with us this morning. Yes, thank you for having me. Of course. So, Jessica, I want to go to you first. Um, is Tell us what's going on. Is, is it really as is, is crazy as we think? <laughs> it's a little hard to believe, but but yeah, I had successfully made it through some of the training and had been several months into the process and then reported to my certifier because they've really um, emphasized the sexual orientation, gender identity training that you have to support it. And so I emailed her and told her I, I couldn't do that because of my faith. And then we had a phone call and because I wouldn't take a child for cross-sex hormone injections, um, I was basically told that I'm ineligible to adopt in the state of Oregon. So is this a new policy or has this been in place for a while and we're just now starting to hear about it? You know, I'm not 100%. I know that their resource and adoptive families training was a new one from what I was told or had been recently updated and I'm not sure if the sexual orientation stuff was a, a new change to that. Okay. And then Christiana, tell us a little bit about this lawsuit. What are you, what are you seeking in it? Well, Oregon is essentially putting ideology and politics over children. It says that it welcomes people from all cultural and religious backgrounds to adopt unless they disagree with the state's gender ideology. And as you heard earlier, I mean, barring Jessica and other parents from adopting just because of their religious convictions clearly violates the First Amendment. It's wrong and it hurts children who need a forever home. So we filed a federal lawsuit and we hope that the state of Oregon will ultimately do the right thing and allow Jessica to proceed with the adoptive process. So right now, is is the the adoption completely off the table, the paperwork, or is it just on pause? I mean, how does this work? Uh, well, I received the phone call towards the end of September that verbally told me, we're basically putting your application on hold. And then towards the end of November, I received an official denial le- letter that your application has been denied. 
What are you hoping comes out of this lawsuit? Well, I'm hoping to be able to adopt, and I'm hoping that Oregon's discriminatory policies can be changed. Christiana, have you ever heard of something like this happening? Because I haven't. Well, unfortunately, we're seeing increasing instances across the country of state governments really pushing their extreme gender policies uh, down the throats of their citizens. And it's really disappointing that an incredible mom like Jessica has been barred from providing a forever home to children in need simply because of her religious convictions. Again, it's wrong. It violates the First Amendment and it hurts children. Ladies, good luck on this lawsuit. Um, I hope you get what you want out of it. And I, I hope these siblings can be adopted. Jessica Bates and Christiana Kiefer, thank you so much. That's the weaponization of CPS, if I ever heard it. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting because I was, I'm, I'm just quickly here while I was listening to that. I thought, well, how many, how many kids mm. are, are awaiting adoption in Oregon? Mm. And, and I, I found a, I found a website, but I can't understand their, their numbers here. Let me just look again. Cause it says anywhere between a hundred to 200 um, children may be available for adoption, but there are upwards of 6,000 that are in the foster care that I'm, I'm sure it's got to be more than that. I mean, I mean, I just can't believe that it would be only 6,000. There are a lot of children. I mean, even here in Indiana. Right. So, so let's go back and, and kind of line these pieces up of, as we've talked over the, this series. Remember on the, the first podcast in this series talking about the weaponization of CPS and we heard from former state senator from Georgia, Nancy Schaefer, mm -hmm. and her investigation into CPS, and this was years ago. This was back in 08, 09, I think. Um, <clears throat> and her allegations, which have turned out to be prophetic, uh, were that CPS is not, in, is instead of protecting children, their priorities are not protecting children. Their priorities are filling orders, mm. right? So, um, and then you listen to Jeff Younger talk about how the family courts, which are not open to the public, they are they're, everything is sealed, and they are expressly uh, uh, anti-masculinity. And so they, the, the family courts are actively targeting uh, fathers and actively trying to dismantle the family structure. So if you have a, a, a CPS system that is ideological, that is driven by this notion that, um, that Christians are bad, Christians are terrible people, despite the fact that Christian conservative parents are, uh, by and large, the the most uh, willing to be adoptive parents, and they are the ones who are who have the hearts for it. Mm -hmm. um, and but CPS is now actively trying to take children from the Christians uh, after who, the who are who are willing. To tell them the truth. Right, right. Even even taking their own biological children away from them after they've been indoctrinated by the school system. Mm -hmm. And then the school system gets to basically indoctrinate them and tag them, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? CPS comes along and snags them, takes them away from the, from the real biological family, 
And now we see that CPS is biased against Christians as far as placing children. Mm-hmm. So they are. It, it doesn't take uh, a lot of uh, insight to see what's happening here. The 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 CPS systems in general are are swinging this way and very rapidly. I think where they they want to take children away from Christian families. And they want to have them be indoctrinated and reassigned mm-hmm. to somewhere else. What was that? Remember the uh, the people in New York that we were listening to last week, and they were saying, "Oh yeah, I mean, if they're not going to be supportive, that, yeah, you know, just just they can just place them just somewhere. Just remove else. them. Just remove and place mm-hmm. them somewhere else. It's no big deal. Yeah, is it is it considered child abuse, and should they be removed? Right. And and, they, and they, like and pretty much all of them said, "Oh yeah, it's, it's child abuse if you don't <laughs> affirm your child." Well, and the, the interesting thing is, you could tell that none of them had had children. They oh, were yeah. they were young twenties something. Yeah, just just dumb. <laughs> so what I did I did I did find um, um, to this to this story, uh, the da- Daily Signal had a piece with that information that I was just uh, wondering about. At least two hundred of the eight thousand children in the state are awaiting adoption at any given time, and that's from the Oregon Department of uh, Human Services website on adoption. Right. And yeah. so how, question everything. So how many of those children were actually removed because of actual abuse? Yeah, I don't know. My guess is it's very few. Well, the 8,000 the 8, are in, you know, that's the foster care system. Right. And, and it's the 200 of the 8,000 that, you know, parental rights have been terminated and they're looking for their forever home, mm-hmm. you know, yada, yada, et cetera, what happens through the, the family court system. So. Parental rights just terminated. Yeah, it's, wow. not, it's not your kid anymore. Just we, well, the judge decided it's not your kid anymore. That's normal. So, <laughs> well, I mean, and but to that, there's it's a double edged sword because mm-hmm. there legitimately are people who have um, abused their children oh, yeah. horrendously, yeah. and they don't. They really, truly do not deserve to have their yeah. their parental rights. Yeah, and that is what CPS is for. Yeah. Because so, they are harmful. It is abusive. Yeah. But calling a Christian who won't give a child hormone injections mm-hmm. the abuser in this situation right. is by far what we're talking about here. In essence, it's CPS saying, oh, no, we only place children with abusive families. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's horrendous. That is what they're saying. It yeah. is. It is. That's yeah. really sad. So switching gears just a little bit, but, you know, we talked about what happened in Nashville and then there was a story just, just a few days ago as we're recording this of a, another copycat potential shooter that that the police caught. Targeting. Targeting churches, Mm -hmm. schools. Uh, Can I point out gun-free zones? Yeah. Just saying. Um and uh, they caught this maniac. So this was actually a guy pretending to transition to a woman. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the details of how the police uh, uh, were tipped off to this guy, but he had uh, he had detailed plans. He had multiple targets. I say this Fox News article says uh, Colorado suspect allegedly planned multiple school shootings. Um, arrest papers say deputies found a drawn layout of the school and a ma- manifesto filled with schizophrenic rants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So on that, it's a 19 year old. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, just going to what we've talked about, about this being the most violent generation and because of, we have removed all, all the rails. There, there are no, there are no absolutes in their lives. Absolutes anymore. Mm -mm. The family structure has been completely taken apart. I, I can predict with near certainty that someone like that, that if you, if you look at uh, his relationship with his father, if there even is a father mm -hmm. there, it is, it is terrible. Mm -hmm. um, that's what happens when you break up the home, when you break up the family. Or, or again, and children are abused. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know the details of, of this, this kid's background, but. Yeah. Um, so I have another, um, speaking of the most violent generation, I've got another uh, story here of uh, a child being uh, a beat up by a transgender student in school. Oh, my gosh. All right, here we go. Okay now underway after a transgender student was accused of sexual assault at an elementary school. The victim's mother made the claim last fall and now the Department of Education is looking into it. When I dropped my child off at school, I never would think that she would be sexually assaulted in a bathroom. In a video produced by the group Alliance Defending Freedom, Pasha Thomas claims her daughter was sexually assaulted by a transgender classmate at Oakhurst Elementary School. The little boy pushed her against the um, bathroom stall. And forcibly touched her, according to a civil rights complaint filed with the Department of Education, which is now investigating. At the time, the girl did not report the incident to school staff. The Decatur Police Department investigated the incident last fall and found, quote, due to the suspect's age, there would be no criminal prosecution. It's like her daughter's violation was erased, but it was very real. Bernadette Broyles filed the complaint. The complaint says Decatur schools created a hostile environment for girls by eliminating their expectation of privacy from the opposite sex. We are concerned about um, a school district who has put a little girl in harm's way um, by passing a transgender bathroom policy. In a statement, Decatur City Schools tells us they fully disagree with the characterization of the situation and are addressing it with the Office of Civil Rights. In Georgia, individual school districts decide how to handle transgender bathroom policies. Decatur City Schools adopted their bathroom policy in 2016. It allows for students to use bathrooms based on how the student identifies. We very much empathize with children and the, the, the many struggles that they bring to school these days, including gender dysphoria. What we're, our message is that this is not the way to deal with, this is not the solution. Now, we don't know if that transgender student got in trouble for the alleged event, but Pasha Thomas withdrew her daughter from the school. And the debate over the transgender bathrooms has been quite divisive. The Obama administration set the guidance for all schools to allow trans students access to school restrooms, quote, consistent with their gender identity. But last year, President Trump reversed the guidance set by the Obama administration. So this is from obviously a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. But it's our friend Bernadette Broyles who was talking there. She's in Dysphoria. Mm -hmm. and, our upcoming uh, movie? Our upcoming film. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I think we should go to break. And then when we come back, we've got um, some more 
to hear from Vernadette. Well, just just real quick before okay. we get off this, before we go to break. Um, so if you can rem- remember the swimmer, um, Riley Gaines, who should oh, have won yes. Oh, yes. Uh, against Leah Thomas. Well, she was just at a Turning Point event and ended up getting assaulted by a transgender mm-hmm. at this event. So, I mean... It's it's going to continue to happen. Like right. we are watching it in, unfold in front of our eyes. Yeah, and it's interesting to note too. That I'll leave a link for it in the show notes. It was a TP TPUSA event in San Francisco. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm not discounting it, but in San Fran Freak Show, you expect stuff like this to mm-hmm. happen. But this the the story that we just heard that was from a few years ago, and that was in Georgia. Right. Well, and, and um, Riley, you know, she was under police protection and was still hit by a man wearing a dress. Right. Good job, cops. I mean, I mean, come on. But, but it's not only that. It's just the 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 length that they will go to mm-hmm. to physically harm and assault someone. Yeah. It's like what we saw in Tennessee at the at the state capitol. I mean, oh, they're just I can guarantee you in a in a city like San Francisco, Police protection is worthless because the cops, their hands are so tied. Yeah. If they dare lay a hand on a tranny, mm-hmm. right? It's their it's their livelihood. It's their job. They'll be, and they'll probably be you know prosecuted. You know, on one hand, I, I I empathize with the police officers, knowing you know they're there to serve, mm-hmm. and yet they are so restricted in doing their job. I I do to a point. There comes a point when. You just have to do what's right. Yeah. Uh, you know, lose your job. Fine. Do the right thing. You're, yeah. You are there to protect and you failed at that. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, yeah, I wasn't there, but you have an entire, you have California. No one is allowed to have guns except the cops. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're the, and supposed to be crime. there to protect and, and you didn't. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it's just an epic failure. But uh, when we come back from the break, we'll um, talk some more about this. Hey, Warriors, I want to let you know about an exciting way you can help us share Christ and help protect children from perverse ideologies in Italy. Yes, I said Italy. By God's grace, our latest documentary film, The Mind Polluters, continues reaching people all over the world and is having a tremendous impact in educating and motivating communities to take action in protecting the innocence of children. An Italian dub of the film is needed to break through the language barrier to help our brothers and sisters in Christ make a significant impact in their communities. Learn more about this need and share your support at fearlessfeatures.org. Okay, so another story here from Florida um, involving child and parental rights campaign, Bernadette Broyles, and uh, who you just heard from before the break. So this is a story that that uh, we heard about when we were interviewing Bernadette and Mary McAllister for Dysphoria. And I have the audio from the one of one of the many news reports. I'm just going to play it and let it speak for itself. And I want you to take special note of the amazing bias from the news station. <laughs> okay. Okay, here we go. The parents of a Clay County elementary student say they're suing the district. They say a school counselor violated the parental rights by meeting with the child to discuss gender identity. The lawsuit says the parents were only made aware of the counseling meetings 
after the student made two suicide attempts. News for Jack's reporter Joe McLean spoke to the parents who are bringing this lawsuit and joins us live from Clay County with what the district is saying about this, Joe. Yeah, the district says all of the claims in this lawsuit are completely false. They say it was likely filed just to stir up contention and controversy here. But the parents say this is an argument. They're bringing this fight to the district over parental rights, which they say were violated here. On January 5th, these Clay County parents got a call to rush to their child's school. They say the 12-year-old had attempted suicide for the second time in two days. The school counselor alleged that it was because of a gender identity issue and that they uh, knew we as parents would not be in agreement because of our Catholic Christian beliefs. My daughter never exhibited any signs of uh, gender confusion or questioning her biological sex. The parents say they were appalled to learn that their child had been meeting with a school counselor who was mentoring the preteen through a gender identity transition, something that's inconsistent with the family's religion. The parents argued this is where the school overstepped its authority. And you don't even have to share our faith. The parents have the primacy. The lawsuit was filed on the parents' behalf by an anti-LGBTQ advocacy law firm called the Child and Parents' Rights Campaign. But the group's president says the child doesn't have any rights in this case, and neither does the school. There is no privacy right or right of confidences or rights to be keep secrets as against a child's parents particularly when it comes to mental health issues and treatment issues. Referring to one's questioning of their gender identity as a mental health issue. The school district says in part, the allegations made by this out-of-state organization are completely false, fabricated, and appear to be intended solely for the purpose of inciting the public. All employees of the district consistently work to ensure that the best interests of all students are served. Angel Russell works with the LGBTQ advocacy organization Parents, Families, and Friends of Lesbians and Gays. They say the attempt to parent away someone's identity can lead to mental health problems. There is something about the fear of rejection from your family that is crippling for people, and I think everybody can relate to that. Angel says school counselors are there for that exact reason, to be a neutral person that a student can feel safe approaching with sensitive subjects. This kid still has agency as a human individual person living their life. Even children deserve autonomy and civil rights. I asked the parents how their child was doing now, and their lawyer responded. She's not a plural person, she's a she. And so um, we ask people to just recognize that, that reality. She's with her parents, and as a result, she's doing well. She's doing well with them, um, much more back to her normal self. Now, there is a lot that the school district cannot say by law. They can't go into specifics of cases like this. But I did ask if the district had yet been served with this lawsuit or officially notified that it is been filed in court. They said as of end of business today, they have still not gotten that uh, service notice. Uh, reporting live, I'm Joe McLean, Channel 4, the local station. So, Joe, this comes as the Florida legislature is advancing the parental rights uh, in education bill. 
Right, and you may have heard it referred to as the don't say gay bill. That's what critics are calling it. Basically, it bans teachers and school employees in the state of Florida from talking about LGBTQ issues or discussing that at all with students. It also allows parents uh, the uh, authority of what uh, books and teaching materials are used in elementary schools. Well, LGBTQ <laughs> rights advocates say a measure like this would they likely can't help increase themselves. the right. troubling rate of suicide among LGBTQ youth. Back to you. Joe McLean, live in Clay County. Thank you, Joe. Uh-huh. A firefighter and arsonist all at the same time. Right. Let's create the problem, mm-hmm. blame it on something else, right. and well, we're here to save the day. Right. We've convinced your child to oh, be so word. distressed about their own existence that they may become suicidal. Now, if you don't let them continue in their mental illness, yeah. then it's, it's your a, fault. It's the same lie of, would you rather have a dead son yeah. or daughter as opposed to a trans yeah. living, yeah. Uh, whatever. So again, this is this is the pattern that they, uh, the, <sighs> as, as Vernadette puts it, this is their MO. Yeah. It starts in the schools uh, and surrounding all of that influence is, of course, everything in culture. You can't get away from it anywhere. Yeah. You can't go to Walmart without having to see an end cap display of, what is it that we saw? Makeup for men? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was, was pride. Prideful. Oh, it was prideful. Prideful. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, not trying to advertise for right. him, but just saying, yes. you know, you go, you go into a store in, and. In the, in the cosmetics section and on the end, and I'm looking and there's this this queer with all of his makeup on, and I'm looking at this uh, <laughs> display, and it's prideful. I didn't even see. I wasn't even paying attention. And it's makeup, and it's it's all these freaky fluorescent colors, and yeah. <sighs> or we just wait until what what is when is Pride Month? Isn't it June? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so Pride Month, you just wait because there will be displays everywhere. I remember last summer walking through Walmart mm-hmm. and it wasn't just it wasn't just an end cap display. It was a center aisle display of nothing but gay Oreos. Oh yeah. The, the rainbow Oreos. Yeah. It, with the whole like two pallets. I don't know. It, it reminds me of uh we, we were just having a, a conversation with a woman yesterday and she was telling us about her grandkids in school and how she has really been, you know, bringing these issues to her daughter and mm-hmm. son-in-law and they've listened to her and but and she said she was talking to her grandkids and they said grandma you just don't understand it's everywhere yeah and you know for those of us who did not grow up i mean can you i really had to sit there and process again i mean we sit here and read read and look at this stuff all day long but when you're talking about sending kids to school mm-hmm. for 7 8 hours a day and they're completely consumed in this, I don't want to say bubble, I don't really want to call it that. It's it's this whole ecosystem that's just nothing but this gay LGBT agenda nonstop. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's in their math books, it's in their history books, it's all over. They are there's inundated. N- there's they, nothing subtle about it They anymore. cannot get away from it anywhere. Yeah. So make sure, Christians, that your home is a safe space, is yeah. is free, and that they can think clearly, that they can find truth mm-hmm. and study the word of God and be the foundation and rock that they need. Because unfortunately, just like this school counselor, I mean, 
legitimately you send your kids to school and I mean, wouldn't I would freak out if somebody called me and said my 12 year old has tried to commit suicide in the last two days. Twice in two days. Yeah. And that's the first time that the parents even heard about this. Right. And then it's this some freak allegation that she wants to be the other gender. Oh, by the way, we've been trying to convince her that she's really a boy. This is criminal. Wow. This is absolutely criminal. And now our, you know, our federal government, the state governments, the school systems, I mean, it is everywhere. It is everywhere. And, you know, Wait, we're not you... we're not losing our minds. It is everywhere. And the, the enemy is encroaching faster by the day. Yeah. It's just the way that it is. And which mean and it's it's no reason to just sit down and say, oh, well, Jesus is coming. Uh, no, no, that's which we hope you all had a great Easter celebrating our risen savior. Thank you, Lord. Yes. But, um, no, it means that we have to fight even more. Mm -hmm. Can't give up. (laughs) No, the, this, the, the battle is on us. So no, cause you know what, what did we, what did we were just reading? Um, when Moses was not allowed to go into the promised land and the Lord commissioned, uh, Joshua Mm -hmm. and he knew he knew in Deuteronomy, he knew that his, the people would fall away and he sent him anyway and told him to be courageous, be very courageous. Yeah. And the Lord told them all, yeah. yep, th- these people are going to fall away. Yep. So I have some more from Bernadette. You want to listen oh, to yes. before we're done here? Okay. This is Bernadette Broyles, who you heard on the news report there uh, with Child and Parental Rights Campaign. She's in dysphoria. This is part of our interview with her from, from dysphoria. Here we go. We have been watching the incursion into public schools, but now the leading edge of this agenda that we're seeing is child protective services. When we're watching states as far away as Arizona and Maryland have the same modus operandi by the child protective services in taking custody of a gender dysphoric adolescent child and, and not returning the child, we realize, okay, again, we have a common scheme here. I want to assert to parents watching this, do not develop this false sense of security just because your child doesn't go to your public school. Even if your child is homeschooled or goes to a private school, Child Protective Services can pursue you and your child anywhere. They will come to your home if they receive a report. So we have a case in which we're strongly considered taking it, in which it was a homeschooled parent, homeschooled parents and child that in which the child began to claim suicidality. And when the parents took their child for help in a mental health facility, the mental health facility called Child Protective Services because the the parents, which happened to be Christians, were seeking to affirm the child's biological sex. The parents were determined to remain an anchor of reality to their child. And because the mental health facility um, was not in agreement with the parents, they called Child Protective Services. Is it true that basically you resign your rights when your child goes to school? The, the school then has the authority over the child? No, that is not the case at all. And there's a, there's a variety of case law, but essentially, no. When you bring your child to the school, you, all of your parental rights are maintained. You do not surrender your parental rights at the school door. 
And I believe that, that that's part of the problem. So somehow we have been like frogs in the water as the, t as the temperature is being turned up. I believe that children are experiencing an identity crisis because pa parents have been experiencing an identity crisis. We have somehow began to cede to others, whether it's your daycare or whether it's your nanny, or whether it's some other individual, or whether it's the, the psychiatrist or the psychologist, we have begun to cede this bundle of parental rights that are ours to other persons. We have been outsourcing our parenting for so long that we didn't begin to realize that other, others are now usurping our rights. Wow. Anchor of reality. Mm -hmm. I, I, that so struck me when she said that. And I thought, that's right. What we were just talking about, Christians, make sure that your home is safe. You are, it's the anchor of reality. And the only way that you can be the anchor is to know the one and only anchor, Jesus mm -hmm. Christ, who set us all free. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm -hmm. And and oh my goodness, I just... Oh. It's, uh, it's more caught than taught. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. you, you can't just expect to, to lecture your children on these things. They're, they're, they're in and That's what Bernadette said. I mean, the, the homeschool parent. Mm-hmm. Right, arguably the gold standard. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, uh, even at that, you know, you, you, it is everywhere. It's in every kids' TV show. It's in every search that they do on the internet. Song it's, lyrics. It's in song lyrics. It's in what was it, the the country music awards? Ugh. And who was it that got up there? And I don't even know you know, basically flipped the bird to the Tennessee legislature and got up there and performed with drag queens. Yeah. Right. And you get somebody who's got that kind of draw with your child. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, who's, who's influencing who? Who's influencing who? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, they're, it's, it is everywhere. So I uh, just encouragement, I think for parents that you're not, you're not crazy. It is everywhere. Mm -hmm. You can't be too vigilant with this stuff. And you have to constantly be having those conversations with your children when you see things. And, you know, it's just, just have that conversation of, you know, now with what the Bible tells us, do you think that this is right? Mm -hmm. you stand there in the, in the aisle at Walmart and talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? The sooner that you help them start understanding that the things all around them... The, uh, and the, to see the lies, to, to see the deception. To see it around them and to mm -hmm. realize, make those connections, uh, especially in those formative years, that's when it's so important. So Yeah, because if you don't, the world will. Oh, yeah. And it's it not going to be the direction that you think that it should be. It won't be the moral, the right direction. Yeah, not only they will, they are. Yeah. They're actively mm -hmm. at it. But anyway, do you have anything else? No, I was I was thinking just um, interceding for prayer for our nation. We were talking about that again too, oh, yeah. and and just how the you know one person we were we were talking about Moses, mm -hmm. how he interceded for Israel. Um, we were talking about Lot at Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. um, uh, who else? There was another one we were talking about. Well, and not only that, but Jesus 
who who said, Lord, forgive them for they, they know not what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just all these, you know, the Lord uses all of us, but we have to be a repentant people ourselves yeah. and crying out to God on behalf of our nation and those around us. And so, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think we've, um, when we wonder why, um, why our prayers don't seem to be effective. Um, and I'm not saying that because I don't know the mind of God on this. Right. And, and so I can't say this as a universal, but I think it's important that we stop and consider if we're praying an intercessory prayer, you know, Lord, please heal our nation, right? For, forgive us. Um, you know, and I, I imagine it like you're standing, uh, I'll say on the edge of the, on the edge of the sea and behind you is the whole nation. And in front of you hovering over the waters is the Lord. And you're the, imagine that you're the one person left who's praying, saying, please forgive them. And you're, you, you know, imagine yourself standing there alone on the beach. Who are we to expect the Lord to even listen to our prayers if we ourselves personally are not repentant, mm-hmm. right? If we haven't repented for all that we've done and all the complicity that we have had in, in the downfall of our society. Um, so the, but not I, only that, but having faith. Trust, yes, and, faith and, and believe, trust in the Lord and believing, and and there's nothing wrong as you're praying that prayer and saying, "Lord, forgive our nation," um, even though you know that that there are millions that are not repentant mm-hmm. and will never repent. The Lord hears the prayers of the faithful, and mm-hmm. like you were talking about with um, uh, Moses coming down from the mountain and finding the entire nation of Israel having a, a as. Uh, as, uh, worshiping, yeah, a, worshiping golden a golden calf, having a rave party. Oh my gosh. And the Lord saying, basically, get out of the way. I'm going to destroy them. And Moses stands there and says, wait, <laughs> please. And, and reminding the Lord of, you know, if you do this, then, then uh, Egypt will say you took them out into the desert to slaughter them, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then, uh, so when I when I think of this picture of of you know facing the Lord and praying for the nation that's behind you, um, and then at the same time proclaiming to society, proclaiming to the world, that's when you're turning around with more or less the Lord behind you and facing the nation, facing all of society and saying repent. Mm-hmm. You can't call for repentance if you're not repentant yourself. Mm-hmm. So um, I would just remind us of that. Repentance is uh, is fundamental to this, right? And the, the, the other great example is Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah. And <laughs> it whittles it down. Yeah, it whittles it down. What if I can find 100? What if I can find 50? What if I can find 20? All the way down to 10, right? And not even 10 righteous could be found. <laughs> <laughs> and it was only Lot and his family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I got. So I guess. Thoughts of the day. <laughs> thoughts, thoughts of the day. Repentance for us. So. <laughs> Repent and believe. Yes. All right, you guys. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, be sure to check out the links and visit SalemNow.com so you can watch The Mind Polluters and Inwood Drive. And we will talk to you again next Tuesday. I am dangerous. 
Yes, you are. <laughs>